Good morning, and welcome on this first Sunday of Lent. Being that we are now entering into Lent, our service has changed on a handful of levels. First, we will be using Rite 1, so be prepared. The words are going to be different and feel different. Also, our service begins after our opening hymn with the penitential order and the Pentateuch, or yeah, the Decalogue, which is the Ten Commandments. So those are sort of our liturgical changes at this time to be prepared for. At this time, I invite everyone to please stand and join in singing hymn 150. Bless the Lord, who forgiveth all our sins. His mercy endureth forever. Amen. Let us kneel. God spake these words and said, I am the Lord thy God, who brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have none other gods but me. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not make to thyself any graven image, nor the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or in the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down to them, nor worship them. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath day. 
Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Honor thy father and thy mother. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt do no, no murder. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not steal. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Lord, have mercy upon us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not covet. Lord, have mercy upon us, and write all these thy laws in our hearts, we beseech thee. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ saith. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have not followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare thou those who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind. In Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy name. Amen. Almighty God, almighty and merciful Lord, grant you absolution and remiss remission of all your sins to repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, 
who blessed, whose blessed Son was led by the Spirit to be tempted of Satan. Make speed to help thy servants who are assaulted by manifold temptations. And as thou knowest their several infirmities, let each one find thee mighty to save. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. reading from the book of Deuteronomy. When you have come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, and you possess it and settle in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground, which you harvest from the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And you shall put it in a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. You shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, today I declare to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. When the priest takes the basket from your hand and sets it down before the altar of the Lord your God, you shall make this response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number. And there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor on us, we cried to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. The Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with a terrifying display of power. And with signs and wonders, he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground that you, O Lord, have given me. You shall set it down before the Lord your God and bow down before the Lord your God. Then you, together with the Levites and the aliens who reside among you, shall celebrate with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart, and so is justified. And one confesses with the mouth, and so is saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. Our sequence hymn is 529. We'll sing the first two verses prior to the reading of the gospel, the third one after. Please stand and join in singing hymn 529. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. After his baptism, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority. For it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you, then, will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. 
For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. There is a phenomenon that I learned of during my days working for the Department of Children and Families. It's called vicarious trauma. It is trauma that is inflicted on us not when we're directly related or involved with the trauma itself, but when we have to passively stand by and watch or hear about it. As a supervisor of the hotline for Connecticut, I often suffered vicarious trauma as I would hear the horrific stories of how dark and dismal life is for some of the children throughout Connecticut and of the most horrific cases of abuse. Today we arrive here carrying the burden of vicarious trauma by what we have been seeing and hearing and reading in relation to what is going on in Ukraine today. As some have said, it's hard to believe just 12 days ago people went to sleep at night thinking they were safe, having homes, able to access food and fuel, and now suddenly as if in the blink of an eye, all of it has been taken away. We carry the images of the refugees saying goodbye to fathers and brothers. We see images of buildings that were once whole, now destroyed. And beneath it all, we carry once again yet another load of stress and fear so I have listened to people and talked with people this week from the parish. Questions have been raised. Are we entering into World War III? Do we face the end? I can't answer those questions. But I think the greatest question spiritually has been, where is God in all this? Why does God allow such atrocity to happen? And so often I have to fall back on that same answer I had to find when I worked for the Department of Children and Families. That it is not God who abandons humanity, who abandons individuals. 
It is a God that we believe in who created us and loved us so much that he gave us free will to choose whether to love God freely or not. In Deuteronomy, after God has given the law through Moses, it ends with the words, on this day, choose blessing or curse, life or death, choose life. What God is saying, choose blessing. Choose life by following the laws that I've given to Moses. Choose life, choose blessing by choosing to follow me in the way of love. Choose life, choose blessing by leaving behind the ways of this world and following the ways of the kingdom. This is what God calls us to do. This is what God asks us to choose freely and will not make that decision for you. And what we see throughout history when these atrocities rise up is the extreme reality of what it looks like when one individual or one group of people lose control or the desire to follow God and simply choose unabashedly and without constraint to follow the ways of darkness and this world without even looking back. It is not God who abandons God's people, but it is God's people who abandon God. In this week's reading from the Old Testament from Deuteronomy, we hear the story of the people of Israel being called to give of their first fruits. It was the initial command to basically to tithe, to give the first fruits of the harvest over to God. And when doing so, to remember from whence they came and to whom they belong. It is not to the government of Israel that they belong. It is not to the land that they belong. But it is to Yahweh himself, to whom we belong, to whom we are called to follow. And to remember, that is where our life as a community, our life as humanity is found, and not all that is around us. But yet there are those who never seem to understand that. Those who find power and somehow, like a drug, cannot let go of it. Who will do anything to preserve their power over others. We see that in Pharaoh during the time of captivity. When Pharaoh orders in the time of Moses that all firstborn, actually all males, are to be killed because the population of Israel was growing too large in Egypt and became a threat. When Herod is threatened that the king of the Jews has been born in Bethlehem, he orders the slaughter 
of every two-year-old child and below in the Bethlehem area to preserve his throne. And we see this repeatedly, whether it be in Germany in the 1940s, in Rwanda, whether it be under the regimes of Idi Amin and others, those who drink from the cup of power and become addicted will do anything to preserve it. They are the ones who have truly, fully, and completely lost their way, whose journey is into the depth of darkness itself and in no way towards the light. They have fully forgotten who has created them for that which they have been placed on this earth. I find it interesting that I'm talking about this in relation to our gospel, in which Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, right from his baptism. Now remember, we are not at the end of the story, but we're at the beginning of the story. Goes into the wilderness, literally into the desert, a barren place where there is nothing to distract him to be with God. To be like the Israelites in their word from Deuteronomy to refresh and solidify to whom he belongs and for why he has been placed on this earth. It is akin to that of Native American tradition in which a young boy goes into the wilderness by himself for several days without food or provision and seeks to learn what his destiny and role within the tribe will be. Jesus is on just such a vision quest. And at the end, when he is tired, when he is on the verge of starvation and at his weakest, Satan comes to tempt him three times. The first temptation harkens back to Israel in the wilderness itself. When God has provided them with their freedom from Egypt, and yet they complain that that is not enough that there is not bread to eat. And God provides manna from heaven. The devil calls Jesus in his hunger to convert a stone, to go against the natural order as God had done in the past, and to create for himself the break of his fast and first meal. But that, Jesus realizes, is not what sustains me. It is not what will carry me through to end the mission that I am on. But the bread that Jesus seeks is that of God itself, the heavenly bread that nourishes the soul and strengthens it and fortifies it against the forces of the devil itself. It is not the food of man that Jesus needs but the food of God itself. 
The second temptation is that of power. Satan shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and offers him sovereignty over all that is. But there's a catch. He must turn his back on the Father, bow down and worship the devil. This is not the first time in salvation history that the devil has used the concept of power to turn humanity away from God. We merely have to read the opening chapters of Genesis to find out what is it that the devil used to get Adam and Eve to disobey God? Not simply that the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was luscious and possibly fully delicious, but, by, but that by eating of that fruit, they will become like God. To have the power of the Almighty, the dominion that the Almighty has over the world. It was this temptation that the devil used to bring the fall of humanity itself. As we survey the chaos that is going on in this world, the literal depth of darkness, we find ourselves called at this time to enter into our own wilderness experience, to literally join with Christ in connecting and reconnecting with that who has made us, who calls us to love and to life itself, to self-examine ourselves almost as if to check ourselves in where is our journey going? Where have we been tempted and led astray by Satan in our daily lives? Where do we and how do we get back on course with the way of love and God itself? It is in these 40 days and 40 nights that we clear away the busyness of our lives and all that blocks us from God to refine ourselves, to join with Israel in the hymn reminding us of who we are and to whom we belong, and to rekindle or to strengthen the light of Christ that burns within us. This day is not necessarily about doom and gloom and fasting, but is a day also of hope. For as we strive to rekindle the light of God within each and every one of us, we are reminded and told from John that the light of Christ, the light of God has entered into the darkness of this world and the darkness has not overcome it. As we carry the wounds of vicarious trauma, as we grieve for the people of Ukraine, we are called not to necessarily look into the depth of the darkness for there we will find no light, but to look around the edges 
just as the sun rises over the edge of the horizon, the light of God shines from the edges to dissipate the darkness in the depth. We, like the allied nations of NATO, are part of that light. We are the conduits of God's love and peace on this earth. And as long as that light shines brightly in each and every one of us, continues to shine brightly in those who seek in Europe to take in those who have lost their homes, then we know for a fact that God has not abandoned us, that humanity is not completely lost, but that the light continues to shine and in time will vanquish the darkness that seems to have so greatly overtaken this world today. So this week, allow yourself time to be in the wilderness with God, to join with Christ, to ignite and strengthen the flame that burns within you, and join with others in being the light to this world, the light of God, and know with confidence that with that, we, with God's help, will vanquish the darkness, for the darkness cannot and will not overcome the light of Christ. Amen. Please stand and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole state of Christ's church and the world. Almighty and ever-living God, who in thy holy word has taught us to make prayers and supplications and to give thanks for all men, Receive these our prayers, which we offer unto thy divine majesty, beseeching thee to inspire continually the universal church with the spirit of truth, unity, and concord, and grant that all those 
who confess thy holy name may agree in the truth of thy holy word and live in unity and godly love. Give grace, O Heavenly Father, to all bishops and other ministers, especially Michael, our presiding bishop, Nicholas, our bishop, Craig, our rector, that they may, both by their life and doctrine, set forth thy true and lively word, and rightly and truly administer the holy sacraments. And to all thy people, give thy heavenly grace, and especially to this congregation here present, that with meek heart and due reverence, they may hear and receive thy holy word, truly serving thee in holiness and righteousness all the days of their life. We beseech thee also so to rule the hearts of those who bear the authority of government in this and every land, especially Joseph, our president, Daniel, our governor, that they may be led to wise decisions and right actions for the welfare and peace of the world. Open, O Lord, the eyes of all people to behold the gracious hand in all thy works, that rejoicing in thy whole creation, they may honor here with their substance and be faithful stewards of thy bounty. And we most humbly beseech thee of thy goodness, O Lord, to comfort and succor all those who in this transitory life are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity. In our parish cycle of prayer, we pray for Larry and Jane Wilson, Randy and Andrea Wilson, and Donald and Betsy Weishart. In our Dicycian cycle of prayer, we pray for our retired bishops, George Hunt and Geraldine Wolfe. And we also bless thy holy name for all thy servants departed this life in thy faith and fear, especially Venera Haslam and Jean Graham, beseeching thee to grant them continual growth in thy love and service, and to grant us grace so to follow the good examples of the Blessed Virgin Mary and Blessed Peter, our patron, and of all thy saints, that with them we may be partakers of thy heavenly kingdom. Grant these our prayers, O Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. I think we can shake hands. Peace be with you. <laughs> Peace be with you. Please be seated. It is so wonderful to see so many of you today and to have seen so many on Ash Wednesday. I think we had one of our best attended Ash Wednesdays this year. And it's so good to be coming back into things that were kind of out of practice. And as Jamie Wilson this morning said to me after um, being my lay Eucharistic minister, well, we got to relearn what we used to do. And we're slowly relearning what we used to do, but it's wonderful and hopeful in terms of relation with the pandemic that we hopefully are coming to the end game with that. Um, that said, as far as masking goes, again, we remind everyone that we do advise masking while singing to help keep down any spread at this time. That should be for a few more weeks. We are beginning to be able to open the doors again, and hopefully by Easter we'll be able to let go of masking altogether and leave it simply at everyone's um, judgment. 
Also, um, during communion, we are back to receiving the Eucharist in both kinds, bread and wine. Uh, if you wish to receive the wine, um, you may do so by intinction or dipping. Uh, we are still not letting any sipping going on. I don't know if we'll ever get back to that. Um, only Patty can tell me that for sure. <laughs> so um, we will see what, where that goes. Also, by my own decision, no matter what happens with the numbers over the next few weeks, I've come to the conclusion, if possible, and all works out, which it looks like it will, we will wait until Easter Sunday to begin receiving the Eucharist at the rail and make that part of our celebration of resurrection and new life and hope. So um, if people are wondering, will we ever go back to the rail? I'm kind of seeing Easter Sunday. That seems like a good, appropriate date to get us back to the rail and kind of truly back to the way things were once before. However, as we move forward on things, it means that we need help again. And especially right now, as so many are away during the winter, look around, we are kind of the literally the frozen chosen at St. Peter's. And um, that means that we need help with people who are willing to help administer the chalice and read the prayers of the people each week. We need help with acolytes, we need help with ushers, and we need help with readers. Um, anyone at any age can do almost any of those jobs. And we do need your help to be part of this community uh, means helping out as best you can. And so as part of your stewardship, as Bob Mankey has so wonderfully connected for us, is the ability to help out with those various jobs on Sunday morning. So again, if you're not already a reader, not already helping with ushering or helping with um, the distribution of Eucharist, and not doing any of the above, please, please, please consider as you're able to help out with one of those jobs. It will help relieve some who have been doing it almost weekly at this point. So um, that's my plea for that. Um, also, for the announcements this week, a couple of things. First of all, we do have Episcopal 101 on Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. by Zoom. If you're interested, we are um, traveling through the uh, sacraments at this time. Then on Wednesday at 1 o'clock, we have Bible study. We are in about chapter 15 of the book of Acts. And then we are still in chapter 7 of the Gospel of Luke for Thursday evening. We like to take our time. We're taking a leisurely journey through Luke at this point. But we're, we'll get there eventually. Also, looking ahead, sign-ups. Allison, would you like to talk about the two great courses that are about to happen? to see this woman 
cross watching her son being crucified. And, and I mean, if you think of that and put your child in that position, like, how in the world did she get through that? And so, uh, Sister Sarah can explore the sorrows of Mary, and I think uh, we, we want to find the light in this time, and I think these are two great opportunities to do that. So, I hope you join us. I don't know if there's a sign up. Sign-ups um, are available either by calling the office or through Eventbrite. And next week, I, was, I didn't get to it this weekend, I will be putting up um, sign-up sheets in the back of the church. But um, our Teach Us to Pray with Mother Eileen begins a week from Tuesday. And the Quiet Day with Sister Sarah will be on Saturday, April 2nd. And that will go from 9 to 3. It will be inclusive of the celebration of the Eucharist. And lunch is provided as well. What more could you ask for? So uh, that's April 2nd. Uh, on Saturday the 19th, we will have the memorial service for John O'Hara. Uh, for those who didn't know who John was, John was a World War II veteran, survivor of a torpedoed boat, and spent most of his life working on behalf of veterans throughout Rhode Island. He was a beloved member of this congregation, and he died a year ago just shy, two weeks shy of his 100th birthday, and we'll be celebrating just two days after what would have been his 101st birthday. So all are invited to please come and attend. We will have military honors as part of the service um, outside on the front lawn after the service. So those are my announcements at this time. I was reminded at 8 o'clock after I forgot that today is the first Sunday in the month of March. And that means if you have a birthday this month, or if you are celebrating a wedding anniversary, you're invited to come forward for a special prayer and blessing. Found it. Okay, so looks like I have birthdays. Do I have an anniversary? Ah, all right. There are, Mar there are people who got married in March. <laughs> the eight o'clockers told me no one got married in March. So it's good to have a March anniversary. So for those who are celebrating their birthday, the Lord be with you. Let us pray. Oh God, our times are in your hand. And look with favor, we pray, on your servants as they begin another year. Grant that they may grow in wisdom and grace and strengthen their trust in your goodness. All the days of their lives, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And we'll bring our, merit, our couple forward. <laughs> Joel's getting between you. <laughs> getting in the way. So... It's not the first time. Truth. Oh God, you have so consecrated the covenant of marriage that in it is represented the spiritual unity between Christ and his church. Send therefore your continued blessing upon this, your servants, that they may so love and honor and cherish each other in faithfulness and patience, in wisdom and true godliness, that their home may continue to be a haven of blessing and peace through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Amen. Congratulations. Congratulations. And happy birthday to our birthdays. <laughs>
that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee. O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who was in every way tempted as we are yet did not sin, by whose grace we are able to triumph over every evil, and to live no longer unto ourselves, but unto him who died for us and rose again. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and All glory be to thee, almighty God, our heavenly Father, for that thou of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made there by his one oblation of himself once offered a full, perfect and sufficient sacrifice, oblation and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world, and did institute, and in his holy gospel command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death and sacrifice until his coming again. For in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he brake it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as oft as ye shall drink it in remembrance of me. Wherefore, O Lord and Heavenly Father, 
according to the institution of thy dearly beloved Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We, thy humble servants, do celebrate and make here before thy divine majesty with these thy holy gifts, which we now offer unto thee, the memorial thy Son hath commanded us to make, having in remembrance his blessed passion and precious death, his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension, rendering unto thee most hearty thanks for the innumerable benefits procured unto us by the same. And we most humbly beseech thee, O merciful Father, to hear us. And of thy almighty goodness, vouchsafe to bless and sanctify with thy word and Holy Spirit these thy gifts and creatures of bread and wine, that we, receiving them according to thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's holy institution, in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood. And we desire earnestly thy favor, and we earnestly desire thy fatherly goodness, mercifully to accept this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, most humbly beseeching thee to grant that by the merits and death of thy Son, Jesus Christ, and through faith in his blood, we and all thy whole church may obtain remission of our sins and all other benefits of his passion. And here we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls, and bodies, to be a reasonable, holy, and living sacrifice unto thee, humbly beseeching thee that we and all others who shall be partakers of this holy communion may worthily receive the most precious body and blood of thy Son, Jesus Christ, and be filled with thy grace and heavenly benediction, and made one body with him, that he may dwell in us and we in him. And although we are unworthy through our manifold sins to offer unto thee any sacrifice, yet we beseech thee to accept this our bound and duty and service, not weighing our merits, but pardoning our offenses through Jesus Christ our Lord. By whom and with whom, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, all honor and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. Amen. And now, as our Savior Jesus Christ hath taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast.
We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord, whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. body of Christ, the bread of heaven, you want to make go down a couple steps. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. 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 the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, 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 the bread of heaven. body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The 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 body of Christ, the bread of heaven. body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. 
the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Body of Christ, the bread of heaven. Annie, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. 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 Body of Christ, the bread of heaven. That's everybody. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we most heartily thank thee for that thou dost feed us in these holy mysteries with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and dost assure us thereby of thy favor and goodness towards us, and that we are very members incorporate in the mystical body of thy Son, the blessed company of all faithful people, and are also heirs through hope of thy everlasting kingdom. And we humbly beseech thee, O Heavenly Father, so to assist us with thy grace, that we may continue in that holy fellowship and do all such good works as thou hast prepared for us to walk in, through Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Bow down before the Lord. Grant, Almighty God, that your people may recognize their weakness and put their whole trust in your strength, so they may rejoice forever in the protection of your loving providence through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please stand and join in singing hymn 149.
let us go forth in the name of Christ, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.